Hello, I'm Ramey. And this is Dakota. And you're listening to Leveling Duo, the podcast where two good friends talk about video games they really enjoy. So what are we talking about today? In the year 2008, okay. a lovely little gym came out. I had just finished playing Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Well, I played it for quite a few years. I was going to say, like, yeah, uh, for a minute, man, like you carried around the strategy guide to that game like it was the Bible. Yes. And I knew Bethesda had come out with some new stuff, something new. And I was like, okay, great. I'll mm-hmm. grab it. And that's when my story with Fallout began. So which Fallout was this one? Fallout 3. Okay. A lot of people think between it and 76, they can't pick which one's the worst. Kind of like the, I remember 3 being a little rough around the edges. It was. It was the first 3D Fallout game. Ah, as with all games back in the day, their jump into 3D was always not the, especially today's standards for graphics, the best uh, transition. But no, it came out, I was in line to pick it up at night because Mm -hmm. it was in a big, had five major DLCs eventually over time. You got Operation Anchorage, The Pit, Broken Steel, Point Lookout, Mothership Zeta, and it was all nice. If you know anything about the Fallout universe, if you don't Mm -hmm. know anything about the Fallout universe, listen to our Fallout New Vegas episode. I don't think I should cover that every episode. It was clunky for me. Well, like you said, the shooting was bad, but they wanted you to rely on Vats, your pit boy, to kind of zoom in on things and stop time and shoot at particular body parts. Now, that's a carryover from the old 1 and 2 game, which was asymmetric kind of thing. Top down, everybody had a turn in combat because it was based on the GURPS tabletop role-playing system. (laughs) GURPS. Yeah, GURPS. (laughs) So Fallout 1 and 2 was a GURPS base mostly. Okay, well, I did not know that. And that's actually pretty interesting, man. Especially, you know, since we've talked about GURPS before in the past. Yeah. When they came out of Fallout 3, Bethesda had just acquired the IP and they made Fallout 3. They didn't want to make it turn-based, obviously. So they gave you this mechanic where you could stop time, use some points that you had stored up called action points Mm -hmm. to aim at a particular part of the body and fire your weapon however many times you had enough points to cover. Different size weapons, different amount of points. It was a nice statistician. The lovely VATS. VATS system, yes. I just wanted to get the GURPS part out of the way. Mm. I want to talk about the story here now. Uh, (laughs) So it's post-apocalyptic. You start off as a newborn babe. With your dad, a doctor who has just, well, helped you be born. And then this Fallout-style screen hovers over you. And then you get to make your character. Mm. And it will show you what you're going to look like in the future. That's their way of playing that out. Okay. It's a very bloody intro to a game. There, It's a birthing. And then immediately after you finish making your character's appearance, mm-hmm. your mom says, James, something is wrong. And then it blacks out. Mm. Next scene, you are a toddler. In a playpen, uh, your dad says, I got to go take care of something, son, or daughter, whoever you are. And you get out of the playpen as your first objective in the game, grab a book, and it's called Your Special. Mm-mm. And that's when you get to put your special points. Strength, perception, what is it? Endurance. Mm-hmm. Agility. Endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility. Luck. And luck. Yeah, that's what special stands for. And you get to put your points in there. And what you have depend. you know, I always go high charisma and intelligence build. So I can talk myself out of things and get extra XP for having intelligence. And then uh, your dad comes through, talks to you about your mom's favorite quote since she passed away. Mm. And it's from the Bible. It's about the waters of life because, well, it's after the nuclear apocalypse. Nobody's got good water. It's all radiated. And he's want, your mom always wanted to make the water better. So you hear that little spill and you black out again or skip forward a bit, I should say. You're 10 years old and you're at a birthday party. The overseer of the vault that you're in, by the way, you're in a vault, a place they keep you safe from the nuclear fallout. The overseer comes in, says, you get your first pit boy. It's a wrist-mounted computer that will let you, well, keep track of everything, including Mm. your location, and use vats. A nice old woman gives you a sweet roll for your birthday. Mm. 
Yeah, really. Sweet rolls. I think they're even in Starfield, if I ain't mistaken. Huh. So you get them in uh, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, and Fallout. Someone in Bethesda really likes sweet rolls. Yeah. And let me tell you, the Fallout ones don't look nearly as pretty. <laughs> uh, they're like 200 years old by the time you find them. As they're talking to you about your new pet boy and happy birthday, your Mr. Handybot for the kitchen mm. takes his blade and tries to cut the birthday cake and it splatters everywhere. And about that time, a dude named Butch shows up. He's about your age. Your dad made you invite him to the party, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he insists on getting your sweet roll from Ooh. you. Okay. And that's when you first interact the karma system. You have different ways you can react. You can give it to him or offer to share it and split it. You can spit on it and then hand it to him. Or you can say, has your mom used up all your token system for using how much food you can get per week or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, well, did your mom use up all the script for the week on alcohol? And he, he gets mad at you and attacks you and you have to get a security guard to stop him. But as soon as all that's over, you get your first BB gun from your dad and his friend Jonas, who fixed it up for you. Hmm. At 200 years in the vault means parts are hard to find. And he had to take apart something to get a spring to make a BB gun work. You shoot a rad roach, which is a, a giant roach. Think a cockroach the size of a cocker spaniel. Yeah. So you take aim at that. Learn how to use vats if you knew pit boy and everything. Uh, like 16, I guess. Hmm. You skip forward a bit more time. And it's time to take your goat, uh, general occupation, uh, like atonement test or whatever it's called, attunement, acclamation. I don't know what the A stands for. It's Mm. a goat test. And it's where they decide where they're going to put you in the vault for the rest of your life as like an occupation. You try to get your dad to let you skip it because you feel sick. You say, daddy, I'm sick. I don't want to go, but he's the doctor and he knows better. So he makes you go out to take care of your goat test. You talk to the teacher enough, though with your speech skills or whatever, and he will let you just, you can look at the list of occupations and just fill in the one you want. Hmm. That, that That's kind of alarming, isn't it? I want to be the next overseer. Hmm. So, but that's how you put your points into your skills, like small guns, energy weapons, because the year is 2077 when the bombs fall and you have energy weapons, speech, whatever you want. You can put your skills, however. That's the GOAT test is their way of deciding how that's going to work out. If you want to just let the game kind of pick for you when you answer the questions on the test. And there are weird questions like, you grow a, a second foot out of the side of your leg because of radiation. What do you do? And there's like all kinds of preposterous answers, including one saying go to a doctor or something like that. I don't know how that equates to what skills you get. But <laughs> you fill out your goat test, you skip forward again, and you're like 17 another year. And alarms are going off and your best friend is in the room. This girl saying, wake up, your dad's left the vault. The overseer's got people hunting for you and overseer's daughter. Mm. Um, she, apparently, your, her daddy has got security to take Jonah, your dad's friend, in because they assume he would know where her, your daddy went, why he opened the vault to leave. And she gives you a gun she stole or you can refuse it and give it to her. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out a few days ago that if you let her keep it, who would do that really? But if you let her keep it, she will use it to defend herself from her daddy's goons who I try to get her for finding out she's helping you. Mm. So it's just a weird situation. But you go to head out. The guards are obviously going to just try to kill you on sight because your dad's ruined everything. Mm. Apparently he started up the rad roach thing on the way out of the vault because they're attacking the guards everywhere. The Mr. Handy that makes the food is using a flamethrower on some rad roaches in the hall. You realize the only way to get out is with the overseer's password. And that gives you an option. Go in there to where her dad, to Amata, where her dad is interrogating her and threatening her. You find Jonah dead, by the way. They've already killed Jonah. Hmm. But you, you go to help Amada to get the password. You can choose to kill her dad. You can choose to talk her dad down if you get the speech skill. Or you can distill the password from their quarters across from the overseer's office. If you kill the dad, she don't really take it kindly. But she don't hate you. She just don't know how to take it. 
Mm-hmm. And once you eventually do get the password, either way, you leave. The guards that are chasing you, if you don't kill them, mm-hmm. they stop at the door of the vault. They're like, I'm not going out there because they've been told that it's death. It's been yeah. 200 years since the bombs fell, and they still think it's death to step outside. Well, I mean, like, depending on your luck stat, you know, it might be. <laughs> to leave the vault and immediately get attacked by some mutant. I've seen situations where that happened. Well, if you have, like, a bottomed out luck stat, I've seen, like, playthroughs where people have, like, left, uh, like, Fallout uh, 4 and immediately was, like, set upon by a Deathclaw. So. Yes, which are just terribly mutated lizards. I don't know what they are, bearded dragons? They're, like, a giant, think of a, a, a raptor with long clawed arms instead of short ones. So that you don't have to just worry about the teeth, you get to worry about the claws. And that's why they call them death claws. They'll turn you to ribbons. As you step out the vault, Amada refuses to go with you, even if you didn't shoot her daddy. She wants to stay there, and she just ain't ready to leave. Mm. So you step out the vault. The door shuts behind you. You get one more chance to reset your character however you want it, if you didn't like how you played out during the tutorial. And then remember, this is the first first-person Fallout game, 3D Fallout game. So you're they like that's a good decision. You've been living in fluorescent lights all your life. You step out in the sun for the first time. It was like a bright flash. And I was like, oh, I have been blinded. But then it clears and you're looking at the Washington Monument in the distance with a big chunk missing out of it. And you realize you are in what is called the Capital Wasteland. Hmm. Can you imagine for a nuclear war, how badly Washington would have been hit? I'd be surprised if Washington was still there at all. Yeah. I suspect that's all the water is irradiated, but this, I think it's why this place is particularly bad. There's less here. Like in Fallout New Vegas, you were living in a, I've heard a one YouTuber put it, I like the way he put it, it's a post-post-apocalyptic game. Things are kind of rebuilding. You've mm-hmm. got the new California Republic working on that and everything, a whole government. On the East Coast, it has not done that. You're still in a post-apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. and it shows. There's a few small settlements here and there, nothing like you get in the Commonwealth or in uh, the new California Republic with actual cities. So... The first thing you do when you leave, you find a dead town with the Washington Monument in the distance. You go past this dead town. You realize nobody's there. Houses are burnt away. And there's an empty school with just like corpses in it. Look like children were all piled in one spot when this happened. And it's just little skeleton bones. It's sad. Mm. If you go inside and then you see in the distance a sign that says Megaton this way, right near this gas station they call a Red Rocket gas stop. Mm. And you go towards Megaton and... What you find out is it is like a crashed plane that they've turned into a city, a small town, a massive Mm. bomber plane, I'd imagine. Because when you get inside a megaton, it's in a crater. And inside this crater is an unexploded nuclear bomb. It's not good. Yeah. You find your first settlement. And inside this settlement is an unexploded nuclear bomb. Like I said, it's built out of old plane parts and old scrap metal. The sheriff meets you on the way in. He's like, oh, another vault dweller. I don't know. And then you ask him about your dad. Have you seen my dad? I don't know. He don't know anything about your dad. He points you to the local bar and says, a guy named Moriarty might know something about it. But you go there, um, and as soon as you get towards the bar, at the bottom, you get near that nuke, and you see people outside of it, like, splashing in the water that's puddled around it and praying to the great Atom. Hmm. And that's the first time you come across the children of Adam. The church started in Megaton. Uh, children of Adam are people who worship uh, Adams and the great energy they can release mm-hmm. they think if you are they're a little fanatical yeah they think if you are in the center of a nuclear explosion that you can ascend it, to be a god as well pretty much to be part of adam well like you definitely get atomized <laughs> you are atom after that yes now the moriarty when you get to the bar he has pretty much enslaved a ghoul to help him out at the bar mm. 
and it's pretty dirty. The guy's Mort, I think is his name. He's a real nice little ghoul guy. And ghouls are irradiated humans that, well, some of them have been so irradiated their skin's falling off. And they tend to have longer lifespans. Some of them have been around the 200 years since the bombs fell and everything. But Mort, a lot of people look down on them. Hmm. Uh, well, more like indentured servitude, but if the threat of death leaves. Mm, yeah. Still not good. No. He wants you to go track down a, some junkie or something that stole for money from him. But if you talk him down just right, he will tell you that your dad went to the local radio station in the center of D.C. And when you get near there, mm-hmm. you find out that's the Brotherhood of Steel show up. They're trying to protect the radio station. And unlike other chapters of the Brotherhood you find in other games, this one actually tries to help the people around them. They don't just hoard the technology. Uh, they've been excommunicated from the rest of the Brotherhood because of how nice Elder Lyons is. Mm-hmm. He runs that chapter of the Brotherhood. And the Brotherhood's just a, a faction of the military that remained around and became more like a knightly order that collects technology to keep humanity safe from itself. Hmm. Now, you start to realize you steal things, you get a karma system. This game has a karma system. I don't think you've seen it in a Fallout game, have you, Dakota, if you just played 4? Yeah, I have not. Okay. Yeah, you have good bad karma, and there's different perks and unlock as you level up if you have a particularly strong set of karma in one direction or the other, or neutral. Hmm. It's hard to stay neutral, depending on what you do for Moriarty. Uh, it might turn out you get bad karma or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, as you travel around, though, and try to help Moriarty or go towards the radio station to find your dad, you see these floating robots called iBots, and they're talking about things that used to be before the war, like baseball. Uh, it's playing patriotic music all the time. And then all of a sudden the president comes, I'm John Henry Eden, president of the United States. And you're like, oh, there's a president still around. That's cool. And he just goes on and on about how great America used to be and how he can make it that way again. Hmm. You eventually get to the radio station. They tell you to go after your dad at a, help them out, of course, fix the radio to make it broadcast farther. But after you do that, they tell you to go to Rivet City, which is a crashed aircraft carrier that people have turned into a city because it has a nuclear reactor still. Hmm. And you go there, there's a interesting, well, to you it might be interesting, if you know, if you played the fourth game, you come across a scientist who used to know your dad james and her name is dr lee okay yes and dr lee is being pestered by a man in her lab his name is dr zimmerman Hmm. and he's got a bodyguard who's like real stern he hardly ever speaks to you and if you talk to him he'll ask you have you seen a man who might not be a man unlike these robots you know around here that are clunky and all machine you couldn't tell this one from a human and Dr. Zimmerman said he comes from the Commonwealth, that these robots would look just like his bodyguard. You wouldn't be able to tell that they are robots. Okay. So does he have like one of the, uh, what are they called? Coursers. Yeah. He's pretty much got a courser Fallout 4, yeah. Okay. I was going to say the Institute has been around like since before the war, right? It was the uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, okay. MIT, from Fallout 4, yeah. And they make replicated people. They are amazing how good they are. Their special stats are all sevens are higher, which for the average person, you know, you get one at nine or 10 and the rest are like fours, depending on how you work it out. Hmm. So they are great all across the board. But in this game, there's only two replicated men, his bodyguard and the one you're hunting for. You can go around the Capital Wasteland, go to medical facilities and hmm. people have hollow tapes laying around that are basically asking to help this synthetic man erase his memories and then change his face. Hmm. which is why they went to tech people and doctors. They were hunting for somebody to help. And this guy, Dr. Zimmerman, is here to find him with his bodyguard. Hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I always side with Dr. Zimmerman because you get a really, really good plasma weapon. It almost kind of sounds like he's actually been sent from the Institute to find a runaway synth. Well, if you go to the Institute 
in the fourth game and go into synth retention, uh-huh. there's an acting director there who's filling in for Dr. Zimmerman who's out on the road. Is Zimmerman still alive? Yeah. Hmm. It's only been like, I don't know, 10 years, 16 years since between the three and four. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also, if you go to a different part, the section of the Institute and Fallout 4, who work on creating the synths in the first place, like their memories and their mental facilities, mm-hmm. our faculties, they have a lovely doctor working for them called Dr. Lee. They've hired Dr. Lee, your dad's friend from okay. Fallout 3. She's actually a pretty big part. The, uh, the Brotherhood, I'll try to get you to get her out of there because she used to work with the Brotherhood a lot. But you go through this long thing. Um, you eventually find your dad... He's been stuck in a vault trying to get a geck from those Garden of Creation kids. Mm-hmm. He's been stuck in there by a um, Dr. Braun, the guy who worked out most of the wacky experiments done for the vault tech facilities. Mm-hmm. And he had a particular vault made just for him where it's all a simulated world where he could torture people. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. They don't remember they've ever been tortured and it's been happening for the last 200 years. Every time the world's destroyed. Um, yeah, it's even more And your dad, up. Yeah, your dad went in there to try to figure out where a geck was to fix Project Purity, which is something him, your mom, and Dr. Lee used to work on to purify all the water in the Capital Wasteland. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Braun found out he was in there and started just torturing him as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure when you show up, this little girl talks to you and is like, oh, I run this program and your dad's a lot closer than he seems, but you have to help me first. And he wants you to go around and torture everybody in the neighborhood in this simulation. Hmm. Um, at the, in the end, I end up shutting the thing down and killing everybody, including Dr. Braun, except for my papa, because it seems like the most humane thing to do. You so, actually get good karma for it. So what happens to your dad after that? Uh, your dad gets out. He gets Dr. Lee to come back to Project Purity, which is, I can't remember what is it is. Like, it's one of the big Capitol buildings around, like not the Capitol building, but one of the major landmarks. Mm-hmm. And the Brotherhood still are held up in the uh, Pentagon, of course. But you go to help your dad and Dr. Lee do this. You find a geek eventually, start working on the cleaning out pipes that have been taken over for a while because the base had been taken over by super mutants while your dad was away. Mm-hmm. So you kill out all that. And as you're getting ready to come out of the pipes, you see like flying machines show up and you start hearing gunfire and you see some really, really cool looking power armor like the Brotherhood wears, but even better. Okay, and I believe I know who these people are. Yes. And you show up, they've got your dad and everybody up in the lab mm-hmm. uh, ready to activate the thing. He's refusing to activate it, saying it ain't working yet. And you are pretty much accused of not working with the American government because President John Henry Eden and the Enclave insist that this is being confiscated in the name of the Enclave and the president for the good of the American people. Hmm. So the remnants of the U.S. military that didn't turn into brotherhood want to purify the world by turning all the water into something that's going to kill anybody of a mutation period. Damn. They've wanted to do that since the first time you encountered them in the second game. Ah. Yeah. So they came to this coast since they failed on the West Coast. In the long run, you can choose to help them do that. And if you drink a bottle of Aqua Pura, which is what it's called when you get the Project Purity working at the end of the game, mm-hmm. you can drink it if you've helped the Enclave and it will kill you. <laughs> Damn. No matter who you are, unless you've stayed in the vault, you're still going to be a slightly mutated. That's 200 years of radiation just seeping in. True. Uh, so only vault dwellers would be okay. And even the Enclave aren't safe. Your dad does die during that altercation, though. He cuts on the reactor in the little room where you're trying to work on Project Purity, and it kills most of the people, including him inside of it, to give you a chance to escape with Dr. Lee. That's sad. Yeah, so immediately Dr. Lee takes you to the Brotherhood, the one safe place around in the face of the Enclave. Now, I say safe place. The Enclave could just kind of wash over them. They have flying vertebrates, and the uh, Brotherhood don't have nothing like that. They also got the newest style of power armor, Unlike the Brotherhood, they didn't just collect old tech, they kept advancing. 
Hmm. I always wanted the Enclave and the Institute to work together. That'd be kind of scary. It would be. I mean, from the Enclave point of view, I think the Institute actually does mean well, even if they're a little bit misguided. Could you imagine if, like, the Enclave absorbed the Brotherhood of Steel? Oh, yeah. I love the Enclave. They're like, them and the Institute are my favorite factions. And mm-hmm. they're everybody else's least favorite. It might just be my refined taste for overwhelming force, though. <laughs> um, the Enclave are also the ones who invented uh, Death Claws. Oh, of course. Yeah. Bioweapons. Yep, bioweapons, exactly. They used the FEV virus that made super mutants. They made them too smart at first. So there was a whole vault full of talking death claws. Hmm. Really friendly, you. I don't remember canonically if they died. I know the playthrough I watched, they died, but I don't know if it's canonical. I think some of them survived. You had one as a companion in the second game. Hmm. Yeah. A talking death claw in a giant robe until battle broke out and he just threw it off of him and went to at people. Eventually, you do get Project Purity back from the president. You can talk the president down if you're massive sky and skill and have him blow himself up, kind of like you could in Fallout 2 or Fallout 1. You can get the master of the super mutants to kill himself. Hmm. But the DLC was nice. One of them, you go to the pit and you can uh, side with slavers or with the slaves. But it's another one of those gray areas because the slavers have a baby that is the slaver's leader's child and Hmm. the baby is immune to a disease that's spreading through the pit. But the slaves want to use the baby to make a cure, even if it kills the baby. So you could free the slaves and get the baby in danger, or you can you can side with the slavers. It's one of those difficult... They give you hard choices. Also, you have a choice. Uh, there's a tower in the distance from Megaton, mm-hmm. and the owner of it, Mr. Tenpenny, wants you to blow up Megaton's bomb so it stops soiling his good view from the apartments he's got. <sighs> you, could shoot, you could do it. It gives you a nice penthouse apartment and everything. I used to blow up Megaton all the time. Also, in Megaton, there's a nice girl who runs a shop to help her make a guidebook for the Wasteland called the Wasteland Survival Guide. And if you remember in Fallout 4, you can find mm-hmm. uh, that book here and there, and it will increase certain skills you got. So I helped write that. So I, I guess that means canonically, like, Megaton doesn't get blown up. Canonically, no. McCready from Fallout 4, he was a child in a t- small town run by children. Hmm. He's your companion in Fallout 4 if you want him to be. But he was the mayor of a small town <laughs> of, of children underground hmm. in Fallout 3. Now, what are the other ones? Uh, Broken Steel, it's an add-on. It helps you take out the remnants of the, the Enclave. And you had um, Point Lookout. I can't remember exactly what's, what it is, but it's up the coast from Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little swampy island with a ghoul and a brain, both older than the war itself, fighting each other. The brain's got a cult, and uh, the ghoul has like a manor house that he's trying to fend off the cultists because they're always feuding with each other. You can pick which one you want to side with. Operation Anchorage, it's the simulation that teaches you how to use power armor. That's when you meet the Brotherhood Outcast because they didn't want to follow Elder Lines after he got excommunicated from the rest of the Brotherhood. They wanted to follow the old rules. Collect tech, don't give it to people. So they're outcasts on the East Coast and they have red painted on armor. And, uh, but they have some tech that will let you go to a simulation about Operation Anchorage when Alaska was conquered by the Chinese and you go in and try to take it back and it teaches you how to use power armor. Hmm. That's what it has been a training simulator. And normally in Fallout 3, you don't get power armor until a good deal into the game when you're helping the Brotherhood. And that's just a nice DLC to help you get access to it early game. Hmm. It's a whole campaign though. And then you have Mothership Zeta. If you played Fallout, you know that the occasionally aliens show up, the mm-hmm. alien blaster. You get abducted on the Mothership and have to find your way off. It's a lot of people's least favorite DLC in the group. I like it the most, but it also gives you the most overpowered weapons. I always take energy weapons right off the bat in my skills when I'm <laughs> taking my goat test because I know I want to go straight to the mothership, get abducted, and get all these fantastic strong energy weapons. There's so much to do in a Fallout RPG. All right, well, any Bethesda. Any Bethesda. Especially game, really. Fallout. 
Yeah. It don't get enough credit because they say it's more railroady than Fallout New Vegas, which came out right down the road from it, you know, mm-hmm. just like 18 months or less after Fallout 3 came out. And people loved New Vegas because the factions, you know, there was different factions you could side with. In Fallout 3, you normally just get the Brotherhood outcomes and the... Also, there's a Fallout 3, there's an underground cult of cannibals that think they're vampires. Hmm. Interesting. You can actually work it out where they will protect the town nearby if they get a little bit of blood every week. Hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of little things like that. And the karma system was nice. I prefer Fallout 3 over Fallout New Vegas. I know it's not a popular take, mm-hmm. but it does feel more apocalyptic than Fallout New Vegas does. You hardly ever even encounter radiation on Fallout New Vegas. Really? Yeah. Mr. House did kind of keep the nukes from landing in the area, if you recall. Oh, true. So it really ain't that much. I recommend Fallout 3. It's on Game Pass right now. So it's Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4. But I recommend Fallout 3. Play it first and play New Vegas because it's just more of an apocalyptic game. And the story is fun. You want to put skills into your uh, um, small weapons or melee or something so that you can use vats better and do more damage because you're a vault dweller. You really can't shoot your gun well unless you skill up into it. It ain't like Fallout 4 where if you're just good at a controller, you can shoot well. You get less spread on your weapon if you take skills in it. I'll tell you that. Because I used to think my weapon was just broken or I was bo- the game was broken. Mm. It's just the way it is. Uh, there's dice rolls in the background all the time, how well you're doing things. And if you're wondering why you're doing bad, it's because you have enough skills and the dice are rolling out of your favor. Uh-huh. So you never played any of it, did you? Nope. Okay. You played Fallout 4? Yes. Okay. I recommend it before you play Fallout New Vegas. And if you just like a good shooter, just play Fallout 4 or 76 of your friends. But that's all I got to tell you about. I rambled on about it for a while. I wanted to get it out of the way because the next one I have is something I want to go into more detail on. (laughs) Now, I do look forward to trying to play it one day. Just It's just one of those, got to find the time and the money. I can understand. Well, good news is if you want to play it on Xbox 360 like I did the first time, you can get one of those for free on Black Friday at GameStop. I mean, every year for the last few years, they've had free Xbox 360s. Yeah. Uh, I might be lying, but they have for the last few years. They just have like a huge stockpile of them somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, If you like what you heard here, we have other podcasts on the Gruesome Gaming Group. We have Brother Knows Quest's podcast where I tell my sister Beth about uh, random tabletop role-playing games, and she takes notes while I'm talking about them, and she lets me know what she thinks about the game afterwards. There's Horrific History and Hauntings, where my sister Beth tells me about something horrible in history or some funny event or some haunting or a lot of it crosses over a lot of horrific history and hauntings come and go hand in hand you know she does most of the talking on that one all these links that'll be on our main webpage. You can, they will be the top link in the link tree link in the descriptions if you're on youtube it'll be there if you're on a podcast app no matter where you're at there'll be a link tree link in all of our socials if you want to talk to us or listen to our other shows or leave a tip that'll be the website on the top link does anything you have to say give us ideas on what else to talk about? Or, like I said, just let us know what you think or say hi, even. Yeah, we definitely want to hear feedback from y'all, you know. Just leave a comment, uh, send us an email, tweet, or zeet, or whatever it is now. <laughs> uh, you know, just we want to hear back from y'all and interact with the community and, you know, go from there. And soon we'll be able to start doing more video-based stuff. There's already videos up on YouTube on our channel, but... Uh, they're basically just this podcast with a static image on there for people who want to listen on YouTube music or something. Uh, but there'll be actual videos put up here soon as we get that set up. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. Hopefully one day we can uh, maybe do some streaming, maybe try to do like a live tabletop uh, game or possibly do some sort of streaming on YouTube uh, with one of the games we've talked about. Yeah, I'm always done to play more, have an excuse. 
Thank you for listening. I've been Ramey. And this has been Dakota. And this has been Leveling Duo. Logging off. Logging off. <laughs>